Hello NFL fans and welcome to another edition of Monday Morning Huddle with your host Dave Holcomb. We are approaching the end of August. We've already uh, are at the end of week 3 of the preseason and summer is quickly coming to an end unfortunately or fortunately as we look forward to the NFL season. School starting up in the next week as well and then that last week of preseason before the start of the NFL season. So today's show is going to look a lot more or sound a lot more like our regular season shows. Um, this may, you could say, is a preseason run for, for us here at Football, uh, Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. Uh, we're going to run through a bunch of the games or try to get to all the games from this past week or most of the games um, being played this weekend uh, and get you little tidbits of news from each team or, or each game that took place. We're going to start with the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Denver Broncos. The 49ers ended up winning 29-24, to and in that game, Peyton Manning threw his first two touchdowns as a Denver Bronco. Uh, lots of people have high expectations for the Broncos this year. Of course, Peyton Manning was the big addition for the Broncos. He went 10-12, for 12, threw two touchdowns, no interceptions, so that was a big step for Peyton Manning. Both touchdowns were thrown to Eric Decker. I'm sure lots of people drafting their fantasy football teams were looking to see which uh, receivers Manning has chemistry with. Right now, Decker, of course, sticks out catching those two touchdown passes. The second game we're going to go to is the Carolina Panthers took on the New York Jets in the Meadowlands on Sunday night. The Jets are still without a touchdown this preseason. Carolina defeated them 17-12. to as Mark Sanchez and Tim Tebow both, again, struggled, did not play particularly well. Sanchez didn't have a bad uh, completion percentage, went 11 for 18, but threw an interception. Again, no touchdowns. Tim Tebow, 4 for 14, uh, very poor completion percentage, and also threw an interception. The next thing I want to go to is Baltimore and Jacksonville. Baltimore put a thromping on the Jaguars, beating them 48-17, but the, the biggest news... Um, from these two teams is the Ravens released their Pro Bowl kicker, Billy Cundiff. And, of course, everybody knows Cundiff as the guy who missed the chip shot field goal in the AFC Championship game that would have sent the, the game into overtime against the New England Patriots. Instead, it sent the Patriots to the Super Bowl and the Ravens home packing. Very disappointing end to their season. They brought in a rookie kicker, Justin Tucker, to compete with Billy Cundiff this, pre this preseason. Uh, and Tucker has won that job. Tucker was 2-for-2 two for two in this game against Jacksonville. He was 2-for-2 two two in the previous game against the Lions. Of Two of those four uh, makes were from beyond 50 yards, so Tucker looks real good. But all season, we're going to keep an eye on that Baltimore kicking game as Again, the Ravens are projected to go deep into the playoffs, and they're going to have to make some big-time kicks. Every team has to in order to get to that Super Bowl where the Ravens want to go. And this year, as of right now, they're counting on the rookie, Justin Tucker, to get them to that spot they want to go. 
Moving on now to Tennessee and Arizona. Tennessee defeated Arizona 32-27. to The big news from this game, Jake Locker made the start, had 20 attempts, completed 11 of them, and threw two touchdowns. Not a bad performance from the second-year man, Locker, who has presumably won the job over the veteran Matt Hasselbeck, who played very little, only attempted four passes. Chris Johnson came somewhat down to earth, uh, only running for 27 yards on 13 carries, but he's looked good in other preseason games. And the rookie, Kendall Wright, caught one of those two touchdown passes from Jake Locker. There's some promise there and a possible sleeper in your fantasy drafts. In the Philadelphia-Cleveland game, the Eagles defeated the Browns 27-10. to uh, And the big news here, Michael Vick not playing in that game. Of course, he's nursing uh, a rib injury that he suffered against the New England Patriots less than a week ago, last Monday night. And um, he did not play, but a bright spot for the Eagles came from rookie quarterback Nick Foles, who... Played pretty well, went 12 for 19, threw two touchdowns, one interception. But the Eagles, of course, need depth at quarterback because Michael Vick, just it, you just kind of get the feeling he's not going to be able to get through a 16-game season, um, already nursing an injury. Hopefully he can come back for the Eagles and start the season. Um, but the, the Eagles, without Vince Young now, um, would like some depth at quarterback and a young rookie um, impressed against the Browns, and he he could be the answer um, to a Vic injury if that indeed happens this season. In Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers defeated the Patriots 32-28 in a real barn burner. Uh, Tom Brady completed 13 of 20 passes for a touchdown and an interception. Josh Freeman looked pretty good. Didn't throw a touchdown, but completed 10 of 19 passes for over 100 yards, and Two players that really stuck out for both teams was their young running backs. Doug Martin averaged 4.1 yards and had a touchdown. Uh, and Stephon Ridley, 87 yards on 16 carries for an average of 5.4. Really um, impressing for the, uh, impressive for the Patriots. Of course, they're looking for a running back, that a steady running back that they haven't had in a long time. Uh, Ridley also had a touchdown to his, to his credit. Out in Kansas City, Arrowhead, the Seattle Seahawks defeated the Chiefs 44-14. to Some big news out of Seattle. Russell Wilson has been named the starter. There have been rumors about Wilson starting since May. He looked real good in OTAs. And Pete Carroll really likes the way this guy looks. He has Presumably he has beaten out the big-name free agent Matt Flynn. And, of course, Tavares Jackson, who today was traded to the Buffalo Bills, so he's no longer in the competition. But Russell Wilson will be that starter. But who he will not be throwing to is Terrell Owens. And that's news that we're going to get to later in the show. T.O. was released by the Seahawks earlier Sunday. In one of the most hyped-up preseason games of the week, or really of the month, um, Washington took on the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, that hype came because of the two young quarterbacks of those games, RG3 from the Redskins, the number two overall pick, and of course, Andrew Luck, the number one pick for the Indianapolis Colts. The Redskins won that game 30-17, to but both quarterbacks looked pretty good. Um, RG3 threw a touchdown, was 11-17, of 17, 
and Andrew Luck, 14 of 23 with his own touchdown, 151 yards thrown in the air. And actually, Rex Grossman looked pretty good after being booed while he um, took the field at took the field in Washington. Completed all of his all of his eight passes for 127 yards and two touchdowns. Of course, this was also a big event for Redskin fans as it was the first time they saw RG3 on FedEx Field at home in Washington, D.C. And we're going to go to just one more game uh, before we take a break. The Pittsburgh Steelers gave a real beating to the Buffalo Bills, 38-7. to uh, Antonio Brown really looked good in that game, somebody that has had fantasy, his, has seen his fantasy stock rise quite uh, steadily the last month after Mike Wallace's holdout and then a contract extension for Brown. Um, the questions surrounding Brown are, of course, can he get more touchdowns? The yards are there, the return yards are there, but can he get those scores? And Antonio Brown had seven catches, 108 yards, and two touchdowns against the Bills. That will certainly help his stock uh, as you draft your fantasy team. But it wasn't all positive for the Steelers. It was released on Sunday that David DeCastro, their first-round pick, who's supposed to start at left guard, suffered an MCL tear and could be out for the season. They do not know yet how long he will be out. Uh, they do know that there was no damage to the ACL, but definitely damage in the knee to the other ligaments. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back with some more news on Monday Morning Huddle. We take care of our own. We take care of our own. Wherever this flag's flown. We take care of our own. From Chicago to New Orleans, from the muscle to the bone. Welcome back to Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle with your host Dave Holcomb. I just want to remind you that if you want to send a comment to me, you can write to my Twitter at DMHOLCOMB or you can email me at my Gmail account, DMHOLCOMB06 at gmail.com. Of course, you can also get this podcast every week on Monday or any other major Football Nation news at the Facebook page, Dave's Football News. Moving on to some more in-depth stories out of Dallas. Um, There was a nice article on the website from Zach Scadaforst. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Um, the, The Cowboys, of course, are looking for more depth at wide receiver. Lawrence Robinson, who caught so many touchdown passes last year. We talked about him last week on the show um, with guest star Tyler Cipolla, uh and, and the Cowboys situation. I, I believe we talked about Steve Shackelford's article about bringing in uh, Chad Ojosinko, or, or excuse me, Chad Johnson. But um, anyway, the, the, the Cowboys have had some injuries at wide receiver. Miles Austin hasn't seen many reps. Des Bryant has been slowed with injury, and Jason Witten has been out of some practices so there aren't a lot of weapons right now available for Tony Romo and even when those guys are on the field um, you need uh, a dependable receiver in the slot 
and the Cowboys had that last year with Lawrence Robinson, so that that is a huge hole to fill if it's going to be filled by everybody picking up what Robinson did last year and, and making up for his loss or somebody else stepping up and doing it out of the slot. And Zach points out that that guy could be Dwayne Harris, a wide receiver that against the St. Louis Rams caught two touchdown passes in the Cowboys' 20-19 win. Um, the first touchdown pass, as Zach describes, exploited uh, the Rams' zone coverage as he got behind linebacker James Laurinaitis on a deep post, and he caught another touchdown pass, crossing route, making two defenders miss in the middle of the end zone. Um, Harris had three catches for 118 yards and, of course, the two touchdowns. So a pretty big game for Harris. Lots of yards for only three catches, and then, of course, the two scores was pretty big for him. And also a bright spot for the Dallas Cowboys, Morris Claiborne played in the game and played pretty well. Of course, um, there's been a lot of question marks around him. The, there's controversy, of course. If he, there, It sounds outrageous, but some people were calling him a bust already. It's way too early to be saying that. But uh, Claiborne has been hurt, um, hasn't showed the Dallas Cowboys a whole lot um, so far in his um, career, his very short career in Dallas but a, a bright spot for him to be on the field, and he's somebody that they really want to perform right away if Dallas wants to get with where they want to go. And the other major story that I wanted to get into in this second segment is from the New Orleans Saints. We did not mention in the opening segment that the Saints defeated the Texans 34-27 to on Saturday night, and... Not unusual, or as we always see, the New Orleans Saints have plenty of weapons, and they seem to have discovered another weapon at running back. Uh, article on Football Nation from James Sutherland, Summerlin, um, running back Tavares Caden has been an outstanding player for the Saints this preseason, uh, somebody that the Saints really do not want to cut. He's a rookie out of Appalachian State. Um, and he just gives the Saints a, a ridiculous amount of depth at that running back position. But there's some question of whether they're going to be able to keep Cadet on the, the roster um, with Darren Sproles, Pierre Thomas, Mark Ingram, and Chris Ivory already presumably have spots. Of course, Cadet could jump Chris Ivory for that fourth spot, but it, it's very tough to tell. Even if Cadet makes the team, it's very unlikely that he can contribute as the fourth running back. And um, the way Cadet has played, it's it's unlikely that the Saints are able to sign him to the practice squad. It, other teams are go probably going to be interested in him or Chris Ivory if they end up um, cutting ways with with Ivory. But uh, the the Saints, it, it's a it's a good problem to have. As James describes in his opening paragraph, the Saints have had a, a very tough offseason, but um, certainly when play begins, um, lots of people believe that the Saints will be back to where they were last year with Drew Brees leading the way, whoever the head coach is, and Tavares Caden is just adding more depth and more star power to that offense. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with the fourth and long segment. I woke on a quiet night. I never heard a sound. No water 
we're back here on Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm your host, Dave Holcomb. We're going to go to our fourth and long segment. And the first story we're going to start off with has to do with T.O. We said we were going to return to the story. Terrell Owens, of course, was released from the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. Uh, news being broken from Terrell Owens's Twitter as he uh, wrote, I am no longer a Seahawk. I thank the organization for the opportunity. I'm truly blessed beyond belief. Uh, again, Terrell Owens putting that on his Twitter page. Uh, the article that you can read about this on footballnation.com is from Leanne Cozart, um, a female writer on footballnation.com. And she talked about how Terrell Owens was a little less than, was nothing more than average um, through his, his preseason performance, had one very big drop from a pass from Matt Flynn. And looking at it now, it, it looks like Matt Flynn really could have used that completion as he has now lost the starting job to Russell Wilson on the Seahawks. And I think the well, the, the question, I guess, I haven't posed uh, yet, or the statement, this is Terrell Owens' last hurrah in the NFL. And I'm going to grunt and say that that is true. I think, believe it or not, Terrell Owens is 38. It's hard to believe that he is that old. He's a very athletic guy, but his time in the NFL on an NFL team, I think, is, is over. It's the same with Chad Johnson. There's so much trouble that a team will go through for, for somebody who's really not that reliable anymore. He, he's obviously towards the end of his career with his age, um, and he, he did not excel uh, this preseason, and... The Seahawks are going to move on without him. It, it was it was somewhat nice to see him in the league again. Um, guys like Randy Moss, Chad Johnson, Terrell Owens are all getting really second chances, you could say, or maybe third or fourth chances, or, or trying to have their last big season. And now it looks like Randy Moss is the only one that's even going to take the field in week one. We're going to stay in the NFC but go to the south. Um, with the Carolina Panthers, uh, an article written by Melinda McCooley. And as you can tell, I'm not very good at pronouncing names, but I believe that is how you say her name. Uh, she wrote an article, Carolina Panthers can overtake Saints and win the NFC South. The Panthers, everybody's sleeper team, it seems like, this year. Uh, of course, everybody was impressed with Cam Newton and his numbers. Uh, this is the type of team when a bunch of people jump on a team's bandwagon especially if they're going to be a sleeper I tend to you know pull the brakes a little bit and and really take a step back and and, and think about it uh, obviously the the Saints are going through a tough time right now but with Drew Brees the Saints should be fine uh, they're not my division winner in the NFC South at least um, my preseason division winner, but the Saints are going to be competitive. They're not going to just roll over and and uh, not have a good season if, if as long as Drew Brees is there and healthy. Um, but the team that I really like in the the South are the Atlanta Falcons. They they have the new offensive coordinator in Dirk uh, Coffeter. Uh Matt Ryan, I think, is poised to have a really good season, a breakout season, you could say. They've got Roddy White and Julio Jones. Um, two studs in 
in the passing game. Of course, they still have Tony Gonzalez, the old reliable tight end. Michael Turner is going to have a re reduction in carries, but he's still on the team and can be productive. Uh, Atlanta is the team that really sticks out to me. Of course, the question for them is can they win a playoff game as Matt Ryan and Mike Smith together are 0-3 in playoff games in three appearances. Um, so, you know, that they are going to have their doubt, their doubters and their questions until they win a playoff game. But to me, that is the team to be reckoned with in the South. And again, I haven't really said a statement, but uh, the statement, Carolina Panthers can overtake Saints and win the NFC South. I guess I'm, I'm going to punt it away because I, I, I don't have the Saints winning the division, but I don't think the Panthers are going to win the South. So I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm punting on that one. And for our third fourth and long story, we're going to go to the, the website's poll that was posted on Sunday and into Monday. Uh, if you're listening on Monday morning or maybe even into Tuesday, I don't know how quickly the website changes its poll, but um, the, the poll on Sunday night and, and Monday morning, a fantasy football question. After the big three are off the board, who would be your choice at number four running back in fantasy football? And the four choices, Chris Johnson, Darren McFadden, Matt Forte, Marshawn Lynch. I'm going to go with Chris Johnson, and I'm going to I'm gonna grunt with Chris Johnson. That would be my pick. Actually, the poll right now is dead even. Johnson and McFadden at 33% for both of them. Um, I like Chris Johnson. He, he didn't have a great game statistically uh, in week three, but week two and week one, he just looks like he has that spurt, um, that those extra moves that he didn't seem to have last year. He has that extra cut. And I think he's really poised to have a rebound season this year. And he's somebody that in my league actually fell all the way to 10th. In a 12-team league, I picked 10th, and I was able to grab Chris Johnson at number 10. And actually, on the wraparound, I got Darren McFadden. So um, I was very happy with those picks. Uh, if, if you're fortunate enough to get Chris Johnson in the middle of the first round, I think that's a really good pickup, um, being the number four running back on my list. Uh, at least. So we're going to send you out to another song. I hope you enjoy the Bruce Springsteen music from his latest album, Wrecking Ball. Of course, Bruce is on his tour um, back in the USA as his summer tour was in Europe, but um, I will be seeing him at Vernon Downs in uh, central New York on Wednesday. I am very excited as Bruce is my favorite artist. And then we're going to come back and wrap up today's show. Well, thank it's your time to step to the line and bring on your wrecking ball. Bring on your wrecking ball. Bring on your wrecking ball. Come on and take your best shot. Let me see what you've got. Bring on your wrecking ball. Hi, and welcome back to Football Nation's Monday Morning Huddle. I'm Dave Holcomb. Reminder that you can tweet at me at DMHOLCOMB. You can also email me at DMHOLCOMB06 at gmail.com. Of course, I'd love to see your comments on the actual podcast, on the article that you're probably listening to. And 
you could also leave comments on Dave's Football News and, and like that on Facebook. Before we go, I just want to put out a quick plug for author Tom Polin, um, a great author on Football Nation. and He has a series of articles called Dropping Back in NFL History. This week's article um, was about the AFL going south, and he had a, went into depth about the creation of the Miami Dolphins and their dynasty years um, in the early 70s. Not really called a dynasty, but um, certainly a small span or a five-year span of dominance down there in Miami with Don Chula and so many Hall of Famers um, that you can rile off um, a great organization, at least back then. Of course, Miami Dolphins are trying to rebound and find um, that quarterback to lead them, Ryan Tannehill, is that starter. But anyway, uh, a great series of articles that Tom Poland sends out every week, and I encourage you to read those as they're really, really great stuff. Really does some excellent research, and they're just fantastic facts and interesting information in his articles. So that's all I have for today's show. Next week, we're actually going to be previewing the first week of NFL action as we will be back here next Monday. And believe it or not, the first NFL game will be next Wednesday, a week from this Wednesday. Of course, this Wednesday, you can listen to FN Today, a podcast that comes out by Alex Reamer. There's, of course, all kinds of other great articles on footballnation.com. But in the meantime, I'm going to go try and find some peace in my mind. Have a good week, everybody.